Today, Mark Job trains us in how to walk in God's favor here on Bold Steps. When we get around people that are influencing us to think a worldly way that's outside of God, then the favor of God departs from our life because as our thinking goes, so our life goes. Welcome now to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. We're continuing our discussion on the theme of God's favor in your life. What's its purpose? Are the things that bring it closer and things that push it away? Mark, we'll talk about walking in God's favor today. Yeah, I love this psalm because it really reminds us that if we walk the way that God wants us to walk, that we carry the favor, but if we allow ourselves to be squeezed into worldly relationships that bring about worldly thinking, then we start losing the favor that God wants us to walk in. Well, let's get right after it today in God's Word now. So here's Mark Job on Bold Steps. In Psalms chapter 1, it talks about the favor of God. What is favor? Uh, Favor is that special affection of God towards you that releases influence on you so that others are inclined to like you and cooperate with you. That's favor. When the favor of God is with us, doors open that would not normally open to us because God's favor is with us. When God's favor is with us, we have influence that We exercise that we did not gain, but it's there. When God's favor is with us, there are things that happen in the spiritual world and in the natural world that we cannot explain apart from simply the fact that God was looking out for us, the favor of God. If you're a believer here, there's nothing that you should desire more, covet more, Want more in your life than the favor of God. And there's nothing that you should be afraid of losing more than God's favor. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about what it means to walk in God's favor and how to maintain God's favor in your life. I believe the divine purpose of favor is to enable you to achieve your God-given assignment. I believe that every person here has a purpose and a call upon your life. And the favor of God gives you the power to be able to secure that in your life. And so it's interesting that in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, there's a verse about Jesus while he was growing up, and it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in what? Favor with God and men. Jesus was the son of God, so he had the favor of God, but as he grew up, he walked in obedience, and as he walked in obedience, he grew in the favor of God, and he also grew in the favor of men. In other words, he had influence in men, men that viewed him favorably, that he was impacting them. He had the favor of God and the favor of man. In Psalms chapter 1, Verse 1, the very first Psalms in all the Bible, it talks to us about the favor. Now, it uses the word blessing. Now, I know you've heard the word blessed or blessing. When someone sneezes, we say say what? 
Bless you. My wife sneezes seven times when she sneezes. I used to say bless you after every sneeze. Then I decided uh, I'm going to be a little bit more expedient. And so I just wait till she's done seven times. And then I say a big bless you. Uh, We use that word when someone sneezes, when someone's going to pray over a meal, we say, can you give the blessing? But oftentimes we really don't understand what that word means. Blessing means something very similar to favor. In fact, in this verse, it says, blessed is the man. Jesus also taught and he said, blessed is the man. Blessed means supremely happy or fulfilled. In the Hebrew, the word is actually a plural, which denotes either a multiplicity or blessing or an intensification of them, according to Boyce, who's a Bible scholar. In other words, blessing means that your happiness would be multiplied or intensified over and over. That's what blessing means. It's the same as favor of God. So when we look at Psalms chapter 1, the writer of the Psalms is telling us that there are certain things that bring the blessing or the favor of God, and there's certain things that push away the blessing or the favor of God. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper." The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So what is it that pushes away the favor of God, and what is it that draws the favor of God? I want to start by talking to you about what hinders the favor of God, what hinders God's favor from our life. The author, the psalmist says there are three things that causes the favor of God to be pushed away from our lives. Number one, he says, walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Number two, standing in the paths of sinners. And number three, sitting in the seat of the scornful. And so we're going to talk about this and look at this just for a moment so that we can understand it. The psalmist says, blessed is the man who does not. In other words, if you, if you don't do these things, you're going to be blessed. And if you do these things, you lose God's favor. So, Blessed is the man, happy, multiplied in his happiness and fulfillment, is the man who, number one, does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That has to do with our thinking. Stand in the path of sinners, that has to do with our behavior. 
and sit in the seat of scornful, that has to do with our belonging. So let's talk for a moment about what it means to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Do you know that there's a lot of people out there willing to give you advice? How many of you know that everybody has an opinion? And there's plenty of people that are willing to give you their opinion about what you should do with, their li- with, with your life. What the psalmist says, though, and what God is saying is that when you get your advice and your counsel and your opinion about your life from people or advisors that are ungodly, that means people that do not have God in their life, that don't come from a godly perspective, then what happens is that you lose God's favor because although their advice may seem like good advice, if it is not godly advice, ultimately it takes the favor of God away from your life. There's a lot of advice out there that looks good, but it's not godly. There's a lot of people out there that look for advice and tell me they've gotten counsel but how many of you know, if you look far enough and deep enough, you, could get, you can find someone to tell you what you want to hear? A woman's out there. She's kind of unhappy with her husband because she's lost that spark a little bit. She's hanging out with her girlfriends that are just have another mindset. And so she kind of decides, hey, I'm not sure I want to be married to this guy anymore. I don't know. The spark is not there. The, the romance is not there. It just I'm kind of getting a little bored with you now. I'm not sure that this is kind of the way I want to go. And so she goes and she gets advice. She starts talking the D word. And she says, well, I'm going to get advice. And she goes to her coworkers and sits down and talks to four women that are divorced. She said, what, what, what do you think I should do? And the woman that's on her second divorce says, honey, if you lost a spark, kick that guy to the curb, man. I wouldn't be with him anymore. You're young. You got a lot of life in you. You need to find a man that really loves you. She talks to another woman, oh, honey, I was where you were at. You know, I, I got rid of him. I got rid of him. And, I, and, and, and she'll come and say, well, I got advice and I got counsel. And they told me that I should divorce you, honey. And here's what I want you to know. I want to say that you can get advice, whatever advice you're looking for, you can get it from a lot of sources and a lot of places, but God says you lose his favor when you don't get it from godly sources. You're going to hear a whole different story if you go to a godly woman, a woman that's been married for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and she stuck it out with her husband and loving God and following God, and that woman's going to sit down with you and say, honey, we all go through tough times, we all go through rough times, and maybe you're not feeling it now, but you need to love that husband through it, you need to follow through it, you need to persevere, you made some vows before God, now I'm going to pray that you stir up that marriage, that you love this husband, why? Because you're finding a godly woman to speak into your marriage instead of people that will speak whatever they want to speak into that aren't coming from a godly perspective.
Mark Job talking about the things that hinder the favor of God in your life. And Mark will continue the message in just a moment. Uh, could I take a moment, Mark, and read a listener comment that we've received here? This, this always is so encouraging to hear from listeners. Dear Pastor Job, I'm reaching out to encourage you with how God has used your online radio ministry in my life through WMBI in Chicago. This summer, my family suffered the very sudden loss of my mom. While struggling through understanding and adjusting to life without her, I tuned to Moody Radio, as I've done daily for many years. I listened to some of your Bold Steps messages, and the Lord knew what I needed, and He brought clarity and assurance through you. Some of the things that stuck with me were remember, repent, re-engage. The whole message spoke about returning to my first love, which I am taking steps to do in the absence of my mom. This letter goes on, but it's so encouraging, Mark, to get this from a listener. It really is. And Wayne, you know, I love to hear feedback because, you know, in radio, we're not looking at an audience while we're speaking and delivering the truth. So please let us know when God is speaking to your heart. And I love the fact that throughout the entire country, God is taking uh, the word and he's getting into kitchens and cars <laughs> and into warehouses and uh, however you're listening to this. And God is God knows just what you want at the right time. And so thank you for that encouragement. And if you would like to share how Bold Steps is helping you in your own spiritual walk, reach out today and send us an email at boldstepsatmoody.edu or connect with us online at boldstepsradio.org. Now, once again, here's Mark with today's message, Walking in God's Favor. It tells us in the Word of God, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Some of us are hanging out with people that are starting to influence our values and our thinking. And when we get around people that are influencing our values and our thinking and are influencing us to think a worldly way, a way that's outside of God, then the favor of God departs from our life because as our thinking goes, so our life goes. A man comes to me and he says, well, you know, pastor, I came to Christ about four years ago and I'm really trying to live for God, but you see, I have my old friends. I've known them since they were in grade school, since they were in high school, so on the weekends, I'm just hanging out with my old friends. I'm a follower of Jesus, but hey, I've known these guys forever, so I'm just hanging out with my old friends. Nothing wrong with hanging out with your old friends as long as your old friends aren't the main influence on your life, but you're influencing their life. Hello. So I asked, so what are you doing with your old friends? Well, you know, they're my old friends and they hang out at the bar. But, you know, they hang out at the bar and shoot pool and just, you know, chat and You know, we're not doing anything wrong, and I don't participate in everything they participate in. You know, they're into their thing, but I know I'm a Christian, so you go there and you drink 7-Up with a twist of lime in it. But they're all drinking. Pretty soon they're drinking, and they're flirting. They're married, but they're flirting with this girl and flirting with that, and they get a little tipsy, and then they're trying to go a little bit further, and they're telling jokes and getting in brawls and fighting and this and that, but you hang out with them a lot. So suddenly, 
Instead of you influencing them, you're starting to be affected by their thinking, by their values, but by what they do. And before you know it, you're drinking with them, getting a little tipsy with them. You're flirting with the girls now. You're starting to do everything that they do because you're hanging out with those that do not have God, the ungodly, and instead of you being salt and light, you're losing your salt and light in them because you're hanging out with those that have no perspective of God and suddenly you start thinking and are influenced by their values and the word of God says, blessed are those who do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Number two, he says, or stand in the paths of sinners. You see, first of all, it's about our thinking, what we think. Secondly, it's about our behavior. He goes from walk, stand, and sit Thinking, behavior, and belonging. And then he says, blessed is the man who does not stand in the paths of sinners. Well, what does it mean to stand in the paths of sinners? Well, all of us are sinners, right? There's not a person here that's not a sinner. Now, you may not define yourself as a sinner. You don't say, hi, my name is Joe, I'm a sinner. Uh, that's not how most of us identify ourselves but a sinner is someone that what? Sins. And if you sin more than once or twice, you are a what? A sinner. So all of us here are sinners. It's not a matter of there are some that are not sinners and some that are sinners. All, all mankind are sinners. The difference is that those that have chosen to follow Jesus Christ and accept him as Savior and Lord and applied the blood of Jesus Christ to their life. They are sinners, but their sins have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, cleansed by the Father. They have the Holy Spirit inside of them. And so although they're sinners, they're washed before the Father. So he says, blessed are those who are not standing in the path of sinners. That means whatever the path of a sinner is, you're not standing in that path. Path speaks of a way, a road, a direction. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There's a way that's broad, a gate that's wide. You don't have to bow down to get through it. You don't have to humble yourself to get through it. You don't have to squeeze through it. You just kind of walk through it. It's easy to walk through it. And the path is large. There's a lot of people on that path, and it's wide, and you can do whatever you want on that path. That's what the Bible says, but it's a path that whose end is destruction. And then he says there's another path, that the gate is narrow, and the path is small. Few are those who find it, but in the end, that pathway leads to life. It's the path of God. And so the psalmist says, hey, if you're listening to the counsel of the ungodly, you lose God's favor. And if you stand in the path of sinners, you also lose, lose God's favor as well. What does it mean to stand in the path of sinners? Can I talk to you, congregation? All right. Can I step on your toes a little bit here? So you don't have to say amen. You can say ouch. So once in a while, I'll get 
younger people that'll come to Christ, and they're in their 20s or they're in their early 30s, and they come to Christ, they give their life to Jesus, and now that they're saved, they they start walking in God, they're all excited about it, but they have a question on their mind. They say, well, what do I do with our weekends? What do Christians do on the weekends? I mean, I know what to do when I'm not a Christian. I mean, I, we spent all weekend partying. It was a clubbing scene. We'd get all dressed up and put on our short little skirts and as tight as they could and as high as they could and, and get all dolled up and go down and, and find a place where there was a lot of other people our age and we would dance and prance and drink and get a little tipsy and have fun and hook up with the guys. And, and, and that was a successful weekend when we went out and let some steam off and found a guy and that was it. So I looked forward to my weekends. It was kind of that kind of weekend. And now I'm a Christian. And I'm like... Okay, so what do Christians do on weekends? How many of you know what I'm talking about? So standing in the path means we hang out in the places we used to hang. We're in the spots we used to hang. So you say, well, I'm a Christian now. I'm a, I'm a believer now, so I'm going to do what I used to do, but I'm going to be a Christian doing it now. So I'm going to sort of draw the lines. So my skirt's not going to be as high and not as tight. It's a little longer, two inches longer. And I'm going to go, and I'm not going to get tipsy. I'm just going to drink a little bit. And so you go down to Lalo's. And the music is blasting, and you're not going to Lalo's for taquitos, by the way. You're going to Lalo's for other reasons. And you're starting, you're starting to dance like you used to dance. And there's a guy out in the, over there like you used to check it out who's watching you and look. And you see him watching you. So you think, well, he's probably a Christian, right? And so he starts coming over to you. And you're like looking at him. He's looking at you. You start dancing and going to, to town. And, you're, and you find yourself hooking up with them. And you realize after a while, oh, he put some moves on me. Maybe he's not a Christian or maybe he's a backslidden Christian. And by the time the weekend is over, you've done everything that you used to do in the world, but now as a believer. The way that temple moves is sacred. Who touches that temple is sacred. What you put in that temple is sacred. You are a woman of God, a woman of virtue, a woman called and destined by God to live a different way, to have a different value, to have different lifestyle. That's who you are. Walking in God's favor. That's the title of today's message. And that's Pastor Mark Job, our teacher on Bold Steps. Thanks for being with us today. And if you missed any of today's lesson or an earlier segment from our current series, God at Work, just go to our website to listen again, boldstepsradio.org. And when you get to our website, be sure to request your copy of this month's Bold Step gift. It's a resource that you'll want to use this whole month as we prepare for the Christmas celebration. And to hear more about it, here's Mark. Well, folks, Christmas is finally here. And as Christians, we have so much to celebrate. But with this wonderful time of the year comes many distractions. From party planning to gift buying, our schedules can get overloaded. 
And if we're not careful, the true wonder and the warmth of this season can get lost in the shuffle. That's why having a daily Christmas devotional is such a good idea. And if you'd like a recommendation, I've got just one for you. It's called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. Discover the joy of Advent through a unique focus on the different names of Jesus. Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, King of Kings. Each of these mighty titles teaches us something profound about our Savior. And it's all packed inside this small yet comprehensive devotional. With four weeks full of prayer, reflections, talking points, and activity plans, this engaging resource may quickly become a new family tradition. Just ask for the book, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, when you give a donation of any amount to Bold Steps. Just go online to boldstepsradio.org to make your donation and request this Bold Step gift, or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844 844- 615-7363. You can also send your gift through the mail. Our address is Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And before we end today's program, I want to remind you to go and subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast, where you'll find each of these daily messages, and you can listen whenever you want and wherever you are. Just open up your favorite podcast app on your phone or smart device and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and then, very importantly, click the subscribe button. You can also hear the program through your smart speaker at home or on any Alexa or Siri-enabled device. For more details on how to set up this convenient hands-free listening option, just visit boldstepsradio.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd, closing us out now. Next time, we conclude this lesson on walking in God's favor with a closer look at four specific things in life that God's favor transforms. Find out tomorrow on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.